0: Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Scale Well Podcast. My name is Phil Bean. I'm one of your hosts today. and one of the founders of Nudge Coach. And if you're looking to launch a digital health program or maybe take an existing coaching program online, I hope you'll pop over to nudgecoach.com and check us out. Uh, We're working with a lot of great people to do a lot of interesting things. Maybe if you're there, you want to check out our blog and check out one of our most recent posts with James Breeze of Strength Matters. Really cool um, breakdown of exactly how we implemented the launched program that went from um, just getting people onboarded through uh, a free steps challenge and upselling them into coaching, where they really were able to scale up their program and and provide themselves with about four thousand, a little over four thousand dollars in monthly recurring revenue um, right within the first month launching the program. So that's a pretty good ROI we were able to see. Um, So, pop over to nudgecoach.com and check that out. And today, We're gonna be talking to a couple of guys involved with Cairo CEO. Um, Starting with um, Dr. Pete Camiolo. He's a co-founder of Cairo CEO. Uh, He's a doctor of chiropractic who has spent the last decade mastering the art of leadership and communication in the clinical space. He's the founder and CEO of what has consistently been one of the most successful chiropractic and natural health centers worldwide. And we're also gonna be talking to Dr. David Tuhill. And he is the VP of marketing and technology at Cairo CEO. Um, but we're also talking to him because he's such an interesting guy. He's a combination of a doctor and a digital marketing expert, which is really cool. And so during his Cairo doctorate, he actually built a private firm that worked directly with CEOs of natural health centers, um, honing it, helping them hone in on patient processes and office systems that scale well. Imagine why we'd want to talk to him for this episode, but... Along with that, he was also building out those digital marketing programs that have proven to be really effective for uh, practitioners. So today is all about how to be the CEO of your practice and how to effectively grow your practice as a business. Um, So a really cool topic and all of it's pointing to um, an event that these guys are involved in coming up soon, the 10X Doctor Summit, which is coming to Nashville, Tennessee, October 13th and 14th. So if you want to check that out, go to the10xdoctor.com. That's the, the number 10xdoctor.com. And check it out there. You can go ahead and register. And we look forward to seeing you there. I'm very excited about it myself. And here we go. Let's get into the intro. I have my co-host, Matt Gamble, joining me now. So let's get started. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Good to have you here again. Great to be back in the office. been a while. I know it has been a while. For all of you out there, I don't get to see Mac a lot anymore. I feel like we're hustling so much these days that we don't get to cross paths unless we're on another episode. So luckily, it's not just the two of us hanging out today, though. We have Dr. Pete Camillo and, and Dr. Tuhill um, with us. So we're going to get started and talk a little bit about their company, Cairo CEO, as well as a cool summit that they have coming up that we want to talk about a little bit. But guys, really appreciate your time, and thanks a lot for being here with us.
1: Yeah, great to be on with you guys as well.
2: Awesome. Well, Dr. Pete, great to reconnect with you. I know you and I have had just some incredible conversations over the past couple months. And, you know, really was really, you know, excited to have you all on here because I know based on kind of your experience, everything you're all doing with Car CEO, and just your experience with your practice in general. I think there's just so many great lessons that have come out of your transition into kind of a member-based model. And there's just you know we're going to try to keep this podcast to under four hours if we can, but we can't make any promises. But yeah, you know, Dr. Peter, I guess just to start, if you want to kind of just give us a high level overview, kind of what is CAR CEO for anyone that maybe isn't familiar with it? Yeah, so um, first of all, I appreciate
1: that and 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 our time we've had to talk because I think we really share a lot of um, you know uh, common interest in really helping um, practitioners, whether in the doctor space or in the fitness space or, uh, and primarily in those spaces, really what I've experienced in my world. And, you know, I know you guys maybe, you know, reach beyond that, but for people that are simply engaging with clients and, um, and really working with them on a regular basis, especially in our physician world, maybe as a personal trainer and running a gym or a business like that, is it be, it becomes very easy to become a slave in your, in your business. Um, it becomes really easy to be owned by your business. And for all of us who are business owners, um, you know, we reached this place of um, having to transition into that role really of ownership and, and really more of a place of being the CEO and not just necessarily being the technician or the manager. Um, and that was, that, that was really what happened to me in practice. I've been in practice for a decade. I experienced you know, a lot of great success in practice and in the chiropractic space, you know, I've seen a lot of people, um, you know, I've helped a lot of people. I've been on a lot of stages speaking and teaching. But at the same time, what happened to me was I I got to this place of realizing that the model that I was practicing under was unsustainable. Um, It was unrealistic for the majority of people as well who weren't like me, who was a little bit crazy, um, honestly. And um, so I I came to this place, guys, where... I realized that I was a slave in my practice and I was actually the, the highest pay, paid employee, but I was also carrying the greatest level of responsibility. And also I realized if I was to leave the business, the business would absolutely fall apart. But if any of my team members were to leave, nothing would really change. And when I realized that, I realized, I learned that I had to do something different because the stress and the pressure that I felt was real. It was because I had I had cornered myself. I had structured a business that was dependent upon me um, and I didn't really have a business. I had a job. And I think that's where Kyra CEO birthed from was this this recognition that I had. I started a business, I founded it, started it from scratch, built the business, but I had a job and I didn't really own a business. And I was being owned by my business and um, it got painful and it affected my personal life, it affected my health and I really wasn't creating you know, an environment for, for people to thrive, even who are working in my company because of that. So I think that was the journey that I was on and just came to a place where we decided to make things change. And, you know, that's really where a lot of these things developed from, including the, the membership model.
2: So what was that moment of kind of realization where you said there's, there's gotta be a better way here. I mean, did you, did, and did you have an idea that, Hey, the membership has to be the way to go about it. Did you explore kind of other models? Walk me through that transition a little yeah,
1: bit. Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing I had to do was recognize that I had um, I, I had bought into a model of practice that was just a model and it was a, a person or a group's idea, but it wasn't necessarily the right thing for me, and it wasn't necessarily the right thing in general. Um, and it was a it's a model in the chiropractic space, Mac, where and chiropractic in general is very much a business driven by a personality and by a person. And that model is really how chiropractic has run for over a hundred years. And it's an unsustainable model. And so I hook, line and sinkered into that model. And I was, I was all the way. And I realized eventually that I was just a fish on the line. And I, I did not want to be on that line. And so it really came to, to a place where I had to actually leave, like exit that world. I had to leave the model and just take time to just like figure it out. And that's when I came up with the, 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 the concept or the idea of, of becoming the CEO was, um, honestly just taking time and, uh, and stepping out of my practice. For me, it came to personal things. Like I just needed to be available to help my family in a time of a health crisis. You know, if people haven't experienced crisis in their life, they may not understand what I'm talking about. But when crisis hits and you are, you can't be there. Um, that, that, that is extremely painful. Or when you're there and then your business falls apart, that's extremely painful. And that, that's kind of what I went through, Mac. I actually had to make a decision to, to respond in a time of family need. And as a result of it, my business literally dropped in a, by a third over, mm-hmm. over one quarter of time. Something I had built for you know, nearly a decade. And I realized the fragility of it. I realized how delicate it was, how sensitive it was. And it was a time where I had to face the facts of I, this is the model that I built myself into, and this is the model that everyone that I know has built themselves into in my entire industry of over 60,000 know, doctors. And so if we're going to change and make ourselves sustainable, we have to re, re, you know, go back to the drawing board and start afresh. And that's really where the journey began. It, it began in a place of pain. It began, it began for me in a place of personal crisis. You know, I maybe wish it wasn't that way, but it was. And so I'm going to speak to anybody who's listening right now that if you're going through a painful situation and something is you know, not right, it may be the exact thing that you need to get you to the place you need to go. Good chances are it is. I tell that to my patients every day. I said, you don't want to be here because you have all these issues going on, but there's no better place for you to be because those are propelling you forward. That's why you're here. We're going to help you overcome this. And so for me, the pain points of realizing my practice was completely so dependent upon me that I had a job. I didn't own. It. I didn't own the business. The business owned me. Um, and then I built it that way, and it, I took responsibility for that. It gave me then the, the the release that I needed to to go and start making the changes that were necessary.
2: Uh, and that's really how it began for me. And so at that point, you said, "Okay, this this is crazy. I've got to find a way to to be able to take a step out of the business without it. You know, revenues decreasing." and and so you went to kind of this membership based model. I mean, what was that transition like as you were kind of taking that step? I'm assuming that was kind of a, a scary first step as you kind of shift away from, oh, yeah. you know, the comfort of what you knew, but is it did you have to play with that model a little bit? Um, yes, we played with the model, but
1: honestly, Mac and Phil, we were we had a version of a membership model, but it just wasn't it was it wasn't a scalable model. It was still too um, people dependent. There, wa- there wasn't enough automation. And so it really was a matter of looking at very simple and practical ways to automate what we intended from the beginning. So it was really going back to our onboarding process for all new clients coming in, actually setting them up for this from the beginning. And, and when we yeah. really looked at that and I went back to the drawing board and we started reassessing everything that we did systematically from the inception of, the, of our business all the way through, I saw that the membership model was in alignment with my vision. It was in alignment with our culture. It was in alignment with our initial purpose. But we didn't have anything established. So it was going back and looking at every one of the systems that I had in place, from communication to expectations to follow up and follow through from the team level all the way down to the patient level, all the way down to the marketing levels. And really looking at it and saying, are we setting people up for memberships, or are we simply selling them a package of a few treatments to get them out of their pain? And um, and so we had to look at that. So it really was a, a desire from the beginning and an intention from the beginning. We just had we hadn't really taken the steps that were necessary to actually see it from that thirty thousand foot view and say, okay, if this is our end in mind, and for me, let's say in my business, it's it's a it's a thousand active memberships in in one practice. That's our our end in mind. That are paying us monthly, let's say $150 a month um, business model. That that was our vision. So I'm going to give you some numbers. So at that point, let's say three years ago, we had zero people, okay, Um, which is crazy. But when we looked at the number of members that we had in our practice who were coming to us on a regular basis, and we thought if we could automate this and put them on these auto draft payments where they're buying us because they choose it and make us part of their lifestyle. How long would it take us to get to the point where we were, we could completely cover all of our overhead and expenses with just existing members, not even worried about bringing any new people in. Mm -hmm. And we realized that we needed, so we started with the end in mind saying, okay, we needed to have 450 active members paying us on a monthly basis, $150 a month. For us to say, we could run our business just on serving those people. And then everything else is icing on the cake. So that was my vision was we could get to that number. I could sustain one practice. Then I I could do that over and over and over and over and over again. So that was our vision. So we're at the point now where we have, it's taken about two years. We, we're, we're more than halfway to our goal. So it was just a, it's a, it's a, it was a monthly process of converting people each and every month. From the new people that are coming in into a new into a, a lifetime membership model, or we call a lifestyle membership. And when when we're as we've done this, we've just seen such tremendous freedom really come over our business. And, and there's just a tremendous amount of acceleration and excitement for the future because we're seeing that we have a goal as a team that if we just keep our eyes fixed on this two years out, we can hit this number. I and mean, we've accomplished something that's maybe never been done in the profession. And then if we can yep. then teach other people how to do that, we're going to free up a lot of doctors and we're going to create a business where people love to come work there. Clients are love coming there because they're, they've chosen to make this part of their lifestyle and everybody that's new is coming knows exactly what they're stepping into. And that's just a win-win for everybody.
0: And, and really that's, that's what it boiled down to. Obviously that sounds amazing for sure, but let's, I mean, dive a little bit deeper into that. I, when we talk about the things that you can automate and how that can be done effectively. And Dr. Dave, I really want to get your input on this because if you didn't catch the intro to this episode, Dr. Dave is a marketing expert, not just a doctor. Um, so when we talk about automation, obviously you can automate payments, stuff like that, but inevitably you need to engage people. You need to re-engage people. You need to re-engage people. And a lot of what comes into play there is email. So uh, Dr. Dave, do you want to talk a little bit about how you start to approach some of these challenges of automating a practice model um, you know, through some of the technology you're using?
3: Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, a few things. One is, you know, when, when Dr. Pete was going through that process, I was, I was with him and working with him on that. And um, one of the things we found really effective and actually we find really effective when you're creating even an email uh, drip sequence, if you, if you would, is actually creating the client path right so if you have a patient coming in the office right creating the path of what are all the things that are that are going to happen to that patient from the time that they come into the office to the time that they start care to the time that they resign as a member so maybe you have you know Dr. Pete and I worked on a you know new patient paperwork where you know the initial patient comes in with you know I got back pain or I got neck pain or I have you know fibromyalgia or, I got different these all these different things going on they're in an acute situation but you know creating a client path so that 6 months later or 3 months later they're at a point where they actually, see, you know, through your, through great, you know, reexams, where you're actually educating them on the value of long-term care. Um, so really setting that client path is super important, um, and that's something we did do for every, um, you know, for every procedure uh, we have in the office. We have a client path. We know exactly all the steps from what is the person going to say when they walk in the door to, you know, where where are the posters situated in the room to be most effective to be able to, you know, explain things. So creating the client path and a client path, it really just looks like kind of like a, a flow chart. We use a whiteboard to do it, We're just kind of creating boxes. And, OK, so they start here, they go next, um, you know, the next they go here and so on and so forth. Um, in terms of email marketing and, and retention I and mean, keeping people engaged uh, in the program, I would say you know, there's, there's there's a bunch of studies that are out there. But, you know, we have a major issue right now um you know in our society where engagement is very low on all things so people start memberships they don't they don't continue it with them you know how many people start their new year's resolution but don't continue with them so um so the the goal is you know for retention um we a lot of the things that we use you know are in the office but then also you can have a things that are automated outside of the office especially using email um, and what I recommend for email, you know, a lot of people, you know, send out newsletters and um, you know different emails out for different events or you know, all, you know, what I found is a lot of t- often you're either giving them information or you're asking for something, right? Um, you're asking for them to invite someone to an event or they're a- you're asking them to come, you know, donate to this or try try this. Um, and what we found was the best way to keep engagement high is by sending out um, what we call. We, we call it, the Dr. P came up with the name culture of testimony, but sending out emails every week with a testimonial video or a before and after picture with a, you know, with a short script um, or both um, in the email and sending that out to all your users, not just your current patients, past patients, pers- patients that were per- prospective patients but didn't actually show up. For building that email list and just sending out emails with testimonies, just telling people, hey, this is what, you know, these are the results that we get in our office. And then giving a call to action right below there. So having a, um, so having, you know, maybe a green button that says, you know, or, a, or your phone number or a button that takes them to a page that says, hey, you know, you can get set up for an appointment. Um, and so your current members can forward that to other people, right? And then the people that either were past members or, you know, prospective members, they're going to see that and say, oh, you know, you know, the past members will say, oh, I remember how great I was feeling when I was going to Dr. Pete's office perspective prospective members, oh, I need to go I need to go see them. I mean, again, like I said, current members can forward that to friends and family. So a good call to action could be, you know, if you or someone you know is dealing with, you know, the same issues that uh, Johnny is, you know, the same migraine headaches that Johnny is dealing with, give our office a call, 615, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and one thing that, and Dr. Pete, you could touch on this, um, is, and, and Dr. Josh Axe um, has also found this to be you know, extremely beneficial in selling product and getting people to buy in is creating a culture of testimony. Um, you know, and Dr. Pete, maybe you could touch on that a little bit of how that builds retention in the actual patients um, because they're able, when they, what happens when they speak their testimony um, um, on video. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, I, I've seen such huge return on people simply being able to share their story So we have a saying in my office. I say it to all my team. I said it's it's not enough for us to know your name. We want to know your story, and we have a goal that with every patient that we meet with, and we have hundreds of patients that we know their story. And one of the ways, so we we, from the beginning, our end in in mind is that they would share their story. So there's two parts to that. Number one is when they initially come in, we actually want to hear what their story is. Um, For a lot of people, you go to a traditional doctor's office. They write out the paperwork. It's very cold. They give it to uh, the front desk. They set them up in the back of the office. The doctor goes in, refuse a few things on the paperwork, and then immediately orders some testing and then immediately is prescribing whatever the treatment is, whether it's medication or even (coughs) chiropractic adjustments. The problem is we don't really understand their story. Now, to the skeptical doctor, they would say to me, well, number one, I don't care what their story is. I know what they need. Or number two, If they do share their story, it's going to take forever and I don't have time for that. Number three, you know, what's the point of it? Are we even going to document it? So if I'm not documenting, what's the point? Great, great, great pushback. But here's the deal. It's not about you. It's about them. And so with a patient-focused model, it actually puts the patient as your end in mind. And when they simply have the opportunity to share their story and it's systematically built into your model from the beginning where they share their story you know their story with the whole intention that their story will change because of their engagement with you and you're going to get a before and an after and your expectation is to see a have a transformation story what it does is it actually starts them opening up and it almost tees them up for this this exp- this transformation and it, it creates a level of expectation that's exponential from simply them not being able to share their story. So it starts with them sharing their initial story, which is, here's my problems. But it tees it up for in a certain number of weeks or months or whatever it is, I'm gonna re- ask you again to tell me your story and you're gonna tell me all the amazing things. And then we're gonna document it together. And then we're gonna take your story and we're gonna share it with as many people as possible because your story matters. And there's a lot of people that need to hear your story. And there's a lot of people whose story sounds very similar to yours, and they need to know that. And so you're my endorsement, essentially, obviously, from a business perspective. So I get that benefit, but they get the benefit because the edification that comes from someone to be able to share their story. And again, research shows that people could, they could just tell their story. That's what counseling is. I just had an opportunity to go share my problems, and I feel better now. Just the fact that people could do it, they already begin the healing process. But then, when you celebrate with them, we celebrate your win. And then, hey, can we celebrate your win and share that with some folks that might be able to benefit? People are saying yes and amen to that. There's high fives and chest bumps, virtually and realistically. And so that's what I'm looking for. I'm always looking for high fives and chest bumps. That's what I tell my team from our patients, because then we're all doing this together. It's not you're doing this for me, it's actually you're doing this for you and you're doing this for somebody else. And yes, I'm going to benefit from this, but you are and they are. Everybody wins. And that's always my filter. As long as everybody wins, we can do it. <laughs> and, and again, so that's part of the filter that, that we walk through with this. And so it's just, again, creating the model then, Mac. And Dave, Dave really helped me develop this because we sat in these rooms in front of these whiteboards like trying to figure this out. And it was just creating a model where it was built into the systems that we were not only getting people to do give us reviews online, you know, Google reviews and Facebook reviews that were raving, but also giving us authentic, raw testimony that was just undeniable, like first witness-type stuff. And you you can't, in the court of law, the first-person witness, you can't argue with it. it's unrefutable. And so when I have unrefutable evidence, promoting and endorsing me, then you as a, a lead or a potential customer? You you would have a hard time not buying that then, and so again, it's a win win because you're setting people up based on endorsements from others, but also setting them up for what you are starting them with, which is this idea of a membership. Uh, Because again, that's built into the model. So I don't know if that was that made sense there, Dave. But um, yeah, yeah.
3: So and lastly, you know, on that, you mentioned uh, you know building into your systems. One of the things we did. So you know, for any docs that are listening. You think about that. well, it's kind of hard to get testimonials or, you know, how do I, there's so much, so many different things going on. When I was saying about creating a client path, we have that as part of our client path. So after their first re-exam, right, on their actual re-exam paperwork, obviously you're getting set, you're seeing, okay, have you improved in this? Have you improved in this? Have you improved in this? Um, And then as they, and like Dr. Pete says, you celebrate that. And then part of the actual, part of the procedures in our office is Dr. Pete physically walks them to the front desk. And says, you know, uh, Stephanie has had phenomenal results here. She was having migraine headaches, uh, you know, seven days a week, every single day. And now she's just having migraine headaches two days a week. She has amazing results. She's, she would like to, you know, leave a testimony. And so, and then from there, you know, the front desk, Melanie will take, you know, uh, Stephanie. They'll walk over into the corner. And you don't need to have this be, you know, a, you know, a, a great studio setup. We literally have an iPhone on a selfie stick in the busy office, right? You want it to be busy and you just, and they just in a corner where it's a little bit quieter and she just holds up the selfie stick and does a two minute testimonial. And those are the testimonials that go into the email. So it's not like you have to have a film crew come in. It's actually shown that those are less effective. You get less open and click through rates. If they have this like, you know, set up, you want to get that raw, like Dr. Pete said, you want to get that raw footage where they are, you're celebrating with them and then you get the video right away. You don't want to like, Hey, we'll get testimonies. We're going to plan and get testimonies in two weeks. You know, prepare it. Here's the script. It's like, no, you want to get that raw excitement. Like you want it with those people that are excited, there's nothing better than that. And then that's, so those are the, so those are the, the, um, you know, obviously you take those, you can get an app on your phone on that iPhone that you're taking those videos with, upload them directly to YouTube and then just drop the YouTube link in your email. Um, you know, and that's how you get those, those videos out.
2: One thing I love so much, I just want to say real quick about what you all have done is you put so much time and emphasis into the customer journey. And I think that is something that is generally overlooked. It's not just when a person gives you their credit card or, you know, goes on subscription. You, you're looking at this, you've really woven together the the sales and the marketing and the customer experience all into one seamless funnel, which I think is so critical. And a lot of people really don't do very well, especially as we look at kind of the of kind of the, the kind of health and wellness businesses that we generally work with, especially with Nudge. Yeah. And it's it's so what really prompted you all to because like I said, the level of detail you all have gone into is is so far beyond where I think most businesses are. I mean, how have you all really what what led you all to go this direction and kind of look at it from this perspective? I mean, is that just your experience with kind of marketing in general? Are there places people can be learning this? Is that maybe this is where where Kyra's CEO really comes into play?
1: Uh, I'll answer first. And then Dr. Dave, you could probably answer it as well. Um, Mac, it's a great question. And I I think it boiled down to my, my, my end in mind, my intention for going into becoming a physician. And I think a lot of doctors maybe who are listening or even healthcare um, professionals who are listening to this can relate with me is we do want to help people. Yeah. I want to make money and I want to have a great living and all of that. Right. And so let's just say that's, we all share that in common, but I think another thing we all share in common Mac is we want to see real people get real change. Mm -hmm. We want to solve a problem. You know, most practitioners are problem solvers, you know? And so if, if we say we're in this to solve problems and help people, then, then we have to start having the conversation of, are you actually helping people? And how do you know if you're helping people? How are you defining that? Like I, I can care less about how much money you make. I care more about how many transformations are you creating. Because I you should be making a lot of money. You should be succeeding. And if you're not, yeah, there's an issue there. But so for me, honestly, Mac, it came down to I was I knew in my heart, in my head that people were getting better, but I didn't really have it documented. Mm. Those people were coming and going, and I was replacing them with new people. So, the membership model really started this conversation of saying, if someone is going to stay, why? Why should they stay? Why would they
2: stay? And that is so critical, As It's so many groups we work with, and we've seen that is the question that comes up. And it all comes down to perceived value, is what we always kind of revert back to. And it's if a person doesn't necessarily, you know, they don't get sick or they don't need, uh, to come see you for an adjustment. Why do they keep? You know what, what's going to make them stay on membership? Yeah. And I think that is where it's yeah. these touch points. It's it's having touch points with them when they're not there. And it sounds like Dr. Dave, you've you've really created a pretty unique model around kind of email and really leveraged email successfully using these testimonials.
3: So one of the things that they talk about in this book that I just forgot. So we'll come back to it. And he, <laughs> let me and Epic you guys can let me know when you hear what I say. What Are you I say referring to the scaling uh, up? No, the other one that I read all the time. But anyways, uh, one, of the th- one of the things that they talk about is creating a franchise model in a business, even though you're not going to franchise it. Does hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So a franchise model, like even looking at, um, and I actually have to pull, up, pull it up right here, The E-Myth Revisited. Um, that's the book. The book is the, the E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. But, you know, and, and he talks about, you know, go back to McDonald's. And, you know, McDonald's, if we're in the health, especially in the healthcare space, is probably not the best you know, food, but there's one thing that they do great. Every McDonald's is great is you're going to get the same exact experience every single time, 100% of the time. And that's why they're so successful. People know exactly. They're going to expect, they can expect two pickles, uh, you know, a certain amount of ketchup and this, the burgers are cooked exactly the same. And that's one of those things that if you can create a model, a franchise model like that, where you, and I'm not saying you're going to franchise it at all, but a franchise model has every single system there's a playbook. What we call a playbook at Cairo CEO is a playbook for every system. So there is a direction, so like when you're building a Lego set. There's a directions for every single system in our office. So if you're a front desk manager, we have that entire position detailed out and exactly what you're doing. So if you have to, If that front desk manager ever leaves or or the, you know they they you know need pregnancy leave or whatever, you can bring in another player, and that exa- that that process and procedure is exactly the same 100 percent of the time. And then, you know, the benefit of being the CEO of your business and really scaling is you're able to then go in afterwards. You're not constantly just putting out fires. You're able to go in and then, you know, um, continue to build on these procedures and refine these procedures um, so, that, so that you're able to, you know, continue to get better and better and better. Dr. Pete does a great, has done a phenomenal job of that um, in training the staff because then once you have those in place, you really have to train your staff. And from the training, you learn more and then you add more to the playbook. But really, having a franchise model in your practice or in your business, even if you're not going to franchise, so that every process and procedure is measured. Um, and when I say playbooks and scorecards, and we, that's a lot of what we talk about at Cairo CEO. Because and then again, everything we're talking about here, all these process procedures are all part of the platform that we've built uh, for the doctor. So every procedure for for um, that we're talking about, all the all the um, you know the p- patient life cycles and patient path, client paths are on there. Um, is um is you know the playbooks and the scorecards allow you to actually keep track of what's going on. So when you're to get Google reviews, you know uh, I've seen I mean more often than not, probably ninety five percent of the time, docs are like, oh great, I show I tell them how to get a Google review or a video review, just like I told you, and it doesn't happen. The reason it doesn't happen is because if everybody's supposed to do it, then nobody does it. So having specific scorecards and you know your description of the position you're responsible for getting four. Uh, video reviews per month. You're responsible for it. Now the rest of the team can, you know, recommend someone to get the video review, but you're responsible for getting those numbers. And that's something that you know Dr. Jo- Dr. P and Dr. Josh actually at DrJosh.com have done a great job of just tracking all that. Um, and then that 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 way, at the end of the day, the patient on the uh, at the receiving end receives the same exact exact great experience every single time.
2: I think, and that really goes to the importance of kind of standardizing your approach. And I think, and I'm glad you touched on that because I think ultimately it's something we've, you know, we focus a lot on. I know you all do. And I think it really, really shows to your customers and your patients when you're when you're going through that. You know, when they they it's a predictable model. They they know what comes next in the process. Uh, especially as they're looking at, you know, hopefully turning them into cheerleaders and getting referrals out of them. I think it's always going to be critical as you look at really just setting the stage for
3: sale.
0: Yeah, one thing that comes up, um, and I don't know if I want to call this a fallacy of the franchise model or something that people would be afraid of. I mean, from any industry that you think about franchise models in is kind of losing some some of the humanness of the yeah. business. Um, so are there ways um, that, you know, you guys really focus on making I guess the testimonials themselves are a really great way to ensure that you know, you're know you making sure everything still feels very um, personal and, and human and isn't just like a, you know, everyone's not just another cog in the machine. Um, but are there some ways that you guys really focus on making everything feel really uh, comfortable and human as well while it's being structured really, really efficiently? Yeah, I, I would, um,
1: you know, the word that comes to my mind, um, Phil, is lean. Mm-hmm. Um, it is this this concept of if if you if you have your end in mind is is a satisfied customer, and you have a very clear defined what 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 is a customer what satisfies a customer define your terms, and, and you have in that definition they want to feel like they're the most important person in the world, and that if nobody else existed you would open your business just for them, right? This was some of the things that we built it on and saying. So if that's my end and I want them to feel that I'll, I need to press the automation, I need to press into technology, I need to press into that as much as I possibly can, but you have to leave some room for that, that human I- interaction as well. And so in my type of a business, Phil, I, I mean, there's no robots adjusting people, right? <laughs> and I'm not saying one day there won't be, but people who come to our business aren't just coming because of the testimony they are coming because when they walk in the door how they my staff makes them feel you know when they go in and get adjusted the doctor does a great job you know adjusting them that they're getting the results that they were hoping for and they have questions we actually can answer those questions whether it's automated we can answer it or even in person so I think you know Phil the the answer is to be determined Mm -hmm. but I think that the pushback right now is that from my perspective, is that you can automate and systematize things to a point. But we're even seeing this with our Cairo clients, for example, that there is a level of human interaction that they really desire and want. Yeah. And, and so there is a point where you have to say that is still part of our business model. That's still part of our structure. And so when you hire your team and you're positioning people, you're getting the A players in all the key positions a part of that is if a person is in a position where they need to be able to actually be able to interact with somebody really well, that you get people in that position who can do that. And then if you have other positions where they don't really need to do that, then you better put somebody in there who doesn't need to be interacting with people because you're going to be in trouble. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our success actually came from hiring the right people and putting the right people in the right seats, doing the right thing at the right time. You know, that's been my whole thing with Cairo CEO is there's, you know, Jim Collins talks about the two rights, but I I've talked about the four rights because you gotta get the right person in the right seat doing the right thing at the right time. That's all c- critical, and so if you have those four rights in place, you get a closed loop because four mm-hmm. rights make a square. And so at the end of the day, if if I want to close the loop on every pl- patient and client relationship, then I need to have the right person doing the right thing at the right time. Um, and 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 so if that's in place, then then I have that. So I would say. Like I said before, we're not going to get to this place where you can completely remove human beings and sweat that sweat equity from the equation, especially not in our brick and mortar type practices. But even in virtual practices where we're dealing with virtual doctors uh, who are online practitioners, even that, from that perspective, there's still going to be, whether it's a mastermind or a, a, these annual retreats or whatever you're doing, there's going to be the, the need for that human touch because we are still human beings. and. Um, and, and yeah, and I think that's going to be a conversation that's only going to become more, more
2: relevant as the, as the years go on. If I didn't know better, I'd say you all were listening in some of our team meetings over here. I think the, <laughs> it's amazing how much, and we see this all the time and with a lot of the, the folks we get to connect with, and it's, the technology has limitations. So much can be done and automated this day and age, but at the end of the day, there has to be some kind of level of empathy. And I think you have to have some kind of human touch um, to really connect it all together. So I think that was just an incredible, incredible way to kind of bring, bring the whole conversation together. Yeah, and
0: Dr. Pete, I thought I was going to throw you there. That was a really hard question on purpose, but that was a really yeah. great answer. So I appreciate that. Um, but I want to get, before we go, I want to get to um, what you guys are doing, putting together this 10X Doctor Summit. If you guys could talk a little bit about that, and maybe Dr. Pete and, and Dr. Dave, talk a little bit about what you guys specifically are presenting there as well, just because I'd be curious to learn a little bit more about the topics that you guys are going to be touching on. I'm going to ask Dr. Dave to kind of lead on this one, and then I can kind of fill
1: in, in, in and uh, any other things that I might want to share. So, Dr. Dave.
3: Awesome. Yeah, so October 13th and 14th here in Nashville, Tennessee, um, we're having the you know the first ever 10X Doctors Summit. Uh, one of the things that we've, uh, you know, and it probably for a lot of the docs in the line, if you've ever been to a conference or a seminar, is you hear a lot of... You know, great information, a lot of good stuff. You get excited, right? You're, you know, by by Sunday, you're like, oh, there's so many things I'm going to implement. It's, it's just so good. But then when Monday morning comes around, that great notebook of great stuff just went into a stack on your bookshelf, and you never see it again, right? And then you show up to the next seminar, like, crap, I should have done that stuff the last seminar, and so on and so forth. So one of the things that, you know, one of the things that we wanted to do with this seminar is really create an experience where you're able to have application actually at the event um, so they set this, the 10x doctor seminars will be set up with a 10 uh 50 of the times the speakers will speak and then the other 50 percent of the time um, there'll be more of a mastermind format where you'll work at a table with practitioners that have similar businesses as you and then the speakers and and um the speakers and all the staff will come around and help uh build the conversation while we'll dr josh coming around dr pete um, Dr. Chris Zaino, Dr. Chris Zeno actually built the largest chiropractic practice in the world. Um, Billy Damas, who has, um, who runs CalJam, which is the largest chiropractic, um, seminar in the world. Um, obviously, you know, Dr. Josh is, uh, Dr. Josh Axe was just, um, selected as number 34 in the Inc. Five Inc. 500's fastest growing companies in the nation, um, and number three in healthcare. Um, so he has a lot to, a lot to give uh, to the doctors at this, you know, fifty-fifty event where you're going to get a lot of, you know, a lot of great, you know, speakers from stage. We're going to get a lot of really action, um, action steps. And as Dr. Pete said, you know, we'll call it the Monday session. So, what are you going to do on Monday? Because um, even for the st- people that are listening on the line, you're hearing some of the things we're talking about. Hearing thing is Hearing these things are one thing. But I, I know that when a lot when I speak a lot of these, you know, tactics to people, I know the first thing you are thinking about is Monday morning. It's doctor this, doctor this, doctor this, you're not going to have any time to do it. So it, we're giving um, you the, the opportunity to be able to um, and really you know, hash out those topics and how, what, how to implement those t- topics specifically for you so you really have a game plan come Monday. Um, specifically, what I'll be speaking on is, uh, I have a few topics, but the main thing is I'm, I'm really going to dive in deep into email automation and, and creating a just a great email experience for your patients, just to get patients and to retain patients you know headlines that have the best click rates and subheadlines and what do you want to have in the actual text what are the actual you know programs i recommend um to, for to use for email um and then we'll, uh, um i'll be doing a lot of um facebook and youtube um instagram uh talks with dr josh and we'll do a lot of work there and you know uh posting on facebook when to post what time to post uh, what type of content to post um facebook live when to do it you know what the stats are in there um, and then again, at the end of the day, we'll only speak for half the time. The second half of the time, we'll actually give you, you know, um, work, worksheets and lead you in conversations with your peers at the table to be able to implement those things that, that we're teaching on.
2: That's awesome. I, pr- I appreciate you sharing that. Sounds like incredible. We may have to, uh, find a way to get out there. That sounds like an, just an incredible, uh, incredibly valuable session that's going to occur. So Nashville, Tennessee. So where can people go to learn a little bit more about that summit?
3: Yeah, if you go to the10xdoctor.com, the10xdoctor.com, you can get registered right on there. We have a, uh, yeah, we have about 400 tickets, and we have about um, you know two months away. So um, get registered there on the10xdoctor.com.
2: Awesome. So we'll make we'll
0: make sure to include that in the show notes. Absolutely, I'm on it um all right guys well this has been fantastic i really appreciate your time with us today i know our audience got a ton out of this so everybody go check out the 10xdoctor.com um and check out that summit that they have coming up it's going to be really cool and if you like this episode go check out the scale well podcast give us a five-star review we only have you know i don't know how many at this point maybe 20 but we need a lot more why not Um, but let us know what you think. And so Dr. David Tuhill and Dr. Pete Camiolo, really appreciate you guys. And we'll see everybody again on the next episode of the scale. Well podcast.